Every memorable gift starts with a wondrous story. Giving a gift with energy helps it last just that bit longer. So imagine a story from the high seas where Jefferson's ocean bourbon and rye whiskies are aged and transformed by unpredictable and unrelenting elements. They'll taste a journey in every sip, darkened by pounding waves, kissed by ocean breezes and caramelised by equatorial heat. Give the gift of adventure. Give Jefferson's Ocean Bourbon and Jefferson's Ocean Bourbon Rye. Please, sip responsibly. Copyright 2023, Jefferson's Bourbon Company, Crestwood, Kentucky. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Sports Edition. Neil deGrasse Tyson here, your personal astrophysicist. Got with me my two co hosts, Gary O'Reilly. Gary. Hi, Neil. All right. All right. Always good to have you guys here. And Chuck Nice, of course. Hey, hey, hey. What's happening, guys? So, I, just to be clear, I engaged in high school and intercollegiate athletics. Gary was a professional soccer player in the UK. Mm-hmm. And Chuck, you've done no organized sports. I have watched sports, sir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you've and watched I, organized sports. And I have also thrown several <laughs> Super Bowl parties, which is organizing sports. That's, that counts. So this counts. All right. That's so, right. That's why we have you on here. So um, what we're going to do this episode is... Have some things you thought you knew, or maybe things you didn't think you knew. And this is a spinoff of very successful format from our Star Talk flagship uh, uh, podcast. And so we're going to do three different topics that you might have thought you knew about, but maybe you didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you guys okay with that? We're good. Oh, yeah. I mean- Let's do it. So I want to lead off with something in baseball called the rising fastball. Uh-huh. The rising Ooh. fastball, very hard to hit, very hard to hit, because you see the ball coming in, and you're ready to swing for it, and you always swing underneath it, and because you think it's going to be somewhere where it isn't. Of course, that's the whole point of what the pitcher's trying to do. The whole point is to fool the batter in whatever way they can. But I just wanted to focus in this particular moment on the rising fastball. So... The batter describes the ball as rising, 
yeah. rising up from whatever, wherever they saw they thought it was going to be. And But, of course, gravity doesn't work that way. Mm. <laughs> unless, unless the pitcher is a Jedi. <laughs> oh. Gravity doesn't work that way. And old-timers among us, old-timer Americans, so Gary might not know this, back in the 1970s, mm-hmm. they lowered the height of the pitcher's mound to Ooh. give a better advantage to the batters. Right. And I forgot how much was it, six, it was just a few inches. And Why you know, don't you just pit- get shorter pitches? <laughs> that would be the same effect. <laughs> you know who was short was the pitcher for the Red Sox, uh, Pedro, um, uh, what was his last name? I just knew him as Pedro. Pedro Martinez? Martinez, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was relatively short for pitchers, for as good a pitcher as he was. And you're thinking, you got to be tall to have the good sort of arm angle and all of this. So so pitchers, so, <laughs> so Gary, you want short pitchers, yeah. but they're not easy to come by, right? Uh, you know, they, 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 some of the most dominating pitchers have all been tall. Randy Johnson. And, Randy Johnson among them. Yeah, he was a giant. Imagine, you think about the length of lever that they're able to bring to a pitch, and then you've got the vertical aspect and him stood on a mound, even if you yes. lowered it. Yes. <laughs> he, showed, he showed up for practice. They were like, you're in the wrong sport, man. <laughs> you're, in wrong, you're in the wrong sport. The, the, the basketball course that way. <laughs> then they found out he couldn't jump, so I said, okay, you stay, yeah. stay right where you are. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you remember seeing that video of him pitching and he completely vaporized a pigeon that flew across the pass. Yes, right. I saw that. Yeah. A pigeon flew across, and there was nothing left nothing of the left. pigeon. Yeah. That's that's a now that was. I mean, if you had to die, you know, a Randy Johnson fastball, <laughs> completely hey, obliterating. What are, your... what are the chances of that actually happening? Mm-hmm. What are the uh, whatever, whatever those chances are, he he nails it. It happened. It happened. <laughs> I tell oh, you, hey, hey, listen. Yeah. He, that pigeon is more famous than the Sully, <laughs> Captain Sully Sullenberger uh, geese, that's for sure. Right, right, right. Yeah, there's basically, now, birds are not sturdy objects, right? They yeah. have to be light enough to fly. Right. Their yeah. bones are very fragile. Mm. The bones are basically hollow. hollow. They're, they're they have porous. to be hollow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. otherwise they'd be. Um, so if you take the energy of a Randy Johnson fastball and ask, what happens when you deposit that much energy into a pigeon? Mm-hmm. There's basically no pigeon left, and right. so yeah. you have a you have a feathered pillow. That's what you. Have. That's, that's right, some pillow. That's some feathers for a pillow. That's it. That's all that's left. So getting back to the rising fastball. So, uh, so here's the point. Uh, so in the 1970s, they lowered the mound. I think it was mm-hmm. the 70s. Yep, they lowered the mound to bring some advantage back to the batter. So that the pitcher's not towering over you, plus with their fully outstretched arm, and they're pitching sort of down to you, all right, rather than straight at you. All right, mm-hmm. so that helped a little bit. But like you said, Gary, you know, a shorter pitcher would have had the same effect as lowering the mound. Yeah. So, um, so what it did, it put shorter pitchers at a disadvantage, okay, um, relative to taller pitchers where they didn't even make a difference. Right. So make a long story short. As you know, you can put a spin on a ball— and as long as the ball is thrown through an atmosphere, such as right. what we yep. have on Earth, then the arc of the ball will veer from what would be normal to the force of gravity, from what force of, from what you'd expect, giving purely the force of gravity acting on the object, which is why you cannot have curveballs on the moon. Mm-hmm. It will not work, okay? You cannot have rising fastballs on the moon. 
It will not work. All of these trajectory adjustments that are happening en route between the pitcher's release point and the catch and the batter, which is a little less than 60 feet, right? Um, uh, because the pitcher's arm is forward of the pitching rubber, right. and it's the pitching rubber that's 60 feet, 6 inches from home plate. So it's really, you're talking about 58 feet, something, however, wherever their arm is at the point of release. So, and then, of course, the batter only has a fraction of a second to decide. So a lot of the batter's decision has to be, um, I don't want to call it intuitive, but it has to be what their native understanding of gravity is going to be or their understanding of the pitcher, some right. combination of the two. Okay, so if you spin the ball with a backspin, so the top of the ball is spinning back towards you, okay, mm -hmm. we'll call that a backspin. Yeah. Because for every backspin, there's a part of the ball that's moving forward, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so you have, to be, you have to specify what the top of the ball is doing. So if you throw the ball where the top of the ball has backspin, that will create a difference in air pressure between the bottom and the top of the ball. Mm -hmm. So, because the air moving across the top and the bottom has different speeds relative to the surface of the ball. So it speeds up, slows down, speeds up, slow down. Um, rotating. Well, no, no but, but um, yeah, it is rotating, but only one side of the ball will feel the same constant extra force, okay? Right. Either it's constant more force or constant less force. All right, so I'm part of the ball. I'm going over the top. The top of the ball is spinning back towards the pitcher, okay? Mm -hmm. and, the, and the air is moving in that same direction across the top of the ball. Mm -hmm. so, the, so the relative speed between this top surface of the ball and the air moving across it, the difference between them is less than the bottom of the ball that's moving towards the batter. Okay, the bottom of the ball is moving towards the batter and the air is coming back across. So in one case, you add the spin speed to the ball speed. In the other case, you subtract it. And that difference creates a pressure difference between the top and the bottom. If you do that side to side, it'll move the ball left to right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pure and simple. We use these okay. same techniques in soccer yeah. when, when you kick underneath or to the side or slightly over the top. Correct. That spin, that sort of magnetic. The, the Magnus effect, which yeah. correct. That's what that's it's been so named. And so, um, so if you spin it backwards, mm -hmm. the ball will not descend as fast as gravity would otherwise take it. Mm -hmm. It still descends, but just not as fast. Okay, so yeah. you're there saying, okay, it's a regular fastball. I know how much it's going to drop between the bat, the pitcher's arm and when it crosses. So I'm going to swing where I know it will be. And that, that spin that the pitcher put on it kept the ball higher than it otherwise would. And generally, you swing under the ball or you'll pop it up. And so, so if you look at the arc of the ball side to side, you will see the ball sinks. It does sink. Just not as much as the batter thinks it will. Do and you remember so a conversation it, we had with Ron Darling, the former Mets pitcher? Yes. Who's a TV commentator. And he was explaining to us how he would set certain hitters up for certain pitches later on in the game or later on in the season. Like he would throw some junk at them. So as he thought that they thought that that was going to be the case. And I think if you're going to throw this rising fastball, you have to set that hitter up earlier on in the game. 
Oh, okay. So, so, so yeah. you can so, bring that deception and disguise. So you throw so you're messing with their expectations. Messing with their yeah. expectations. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So throw a regular fastball that's kind of a, a crappy regular fastball, so he doesn't want to swing at it, but he <laughs> sees the arc right. and says, oh, yeah, that's okay, that's your fastball. I got this. We'll put, throw one over the middle and, and just see what I'll do with your fastball. That's supposed right? to be the reason why you step out of the batter's box altogether when people think, why does it take so long for, you know... A baseball a game ba to unfold, yes. To unfold. <laughs> it, you know, it's like, I got here Tuesday and I miss work. I miss work. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still here. But uh, it, the reason why they step out of the batter's box is because a lot of hitting is perception. And mm -hmm. the idea is to clear your perception of the last pitch and hopefully any other pitches that you might have in mind. And you walk out of the batter's, batter's box and you're supposed to take your gaze away from the mound. And, all, all and this, now you're fresh. All this stuff actually has a purpose. It's not like superstition. It, it, mm -hmm. it looks like these guys are being superstitious because a lot of times they'll add their own little, uh, you know, rituals, rituals, rituals yeah. to yeah, yeah. it. But, yeah, uh, but, but, but Chuck, growing up, game, long games lasted two hours. And many games lasted an hour 40. And now short games last two hours and they all last three hours. So well, uh, I yeah. think advertisers. I was going to say, you forgot no, about commercials. Step out of the box. Right. <laughs> we need more commercial yeah, time. Commercial time. <laughs> Good. So, so, so what you might do is mix up a rising fastball with a sinking fastball, right? So now, now that you think you got my rising fastball figured out, I now throw a fastball that's spinning the other direction, and now the force on it pushes it down rather than up. And then you see, you've seen this because the center field camera picks it up. The ball comes, looks like it's coming straight at the batter and the bottom drops out of it. Mm. And the catcher practically catches it on the ground. And the batter just swings over it and they've got it. So the point is, in a rising fastball, nothing rises. It simply doesn't fall as fast as your, as your psychology and your understanding of gravity would otherwise have you believe. Ha-ha, so which, which, in, in effect, which in a way hitter, makes a on, which in a way yeah. makes a curveball maybe a little easier because you're not it's the, it's not moving against gravity it's just moving left to right or it's it's got some arc that maybe you sort of sort of follow the arc you know but, but all the all good pitches are hard to hit so right. yeah. I don't want to jump in there and say I could do any better than the dude that just struck out well you know they uh, some pitchers do the same thing though with an off speed pitch. So it's like you just, it's the same exact pitch. You just don't throw it as hard. You, you throw it at Chuck speed, like, eh. Chuck and speed, then, Chuck speed, a Chuck speed pitch. It's, it's <laughs> called the Chuck speed pitch. You know what I mean? First you blaze them with a 91 mile an hour. Blaze them again. And then the second one is like, eh. And they're like, oh, what the hell just happened? <laughs> All right, so, uh, but you should know that the faster you spin it, Right. The bigger is the Magnus effect, mm -hmm. okay? So, because the difference in the relative speeds of the air moving across the ball surface becomes greater and greater. And so, uh, the, the, some of the best pitchers, when they say, boy, they got a lot of movement on that ball, yeah. uh, it's because of how quickly they actually spin the ball as it releases from their, from their hand. But this is, isn't that this, when the hitters uh, reach the, the, the stitching and they read the, the, the speed of rotation? Because they can tell from the, the stitching whether it's blurred, whether there's certain things coming, what kind of pitch, and they've learned to read the, the stitching. Yeah, if you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you in the if you're in the majors, you're gonna be decent, right? Look, I'm saying Spider-Man, who is batting here? <laughs> Who's counting the who stitches? Oh my god, I only saw six stitches go by. <laughs> Whoa. So anyhow, I just wanted to sort of reinforce uh, the value of a spinning ball, no matter whether it's a fastball or any other kind of pitch. Um, if it's spinning, the pressure differences will move it in ways that give the pitcher amazing control and, and deceptive power over the batter. Lastly, how about the knuckleball? Ooh. Ooh. So the knuckleball does not spin. Okay? Mm. Now, when you see that ball coming, you can see, you can see that. That there's not, it's not spinning. Yeah. All right. You just see. Now, the problem there is if the ball is not spinning, it is not stabilized as it moves through the air. Yes. Mm. And the slightest. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> unstable. No, not emotionally oh, unstable. Jesus <laughs> Christ. How many times can this happen? <laughs> ah! You throw me. He throws me back. I can't take it anymore. I just. Chuck. <laughs> The ball, last I checked, experiences no emotions, right? Oh, so. that, that kind oh, okay. of stability. Okay. Step so, yeah, rotational stability. Rotational so, stability. So, as it moves towards you, it's not rotationally stable against the air it's moving mm -hmm. through. And so, yeah. a slight breeze will just carry the ball to a different yeah. place. And so, for a knuckleball, especially the catcher, they don't know where the ball is going to end up. And, and a knuckleball is useless on a on a day where there's no breeze. Okay, mm. then it'll just go in a straight arc. Now but if it's kind of breezy, yeah. If, if it's kind of breezy inside the stadium, and 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 sometimes it cooks around. You can look at the flags, but that doesn't tell you because those are up above the the, the level, mm -hmm. all right, of the top of the stadium. So this circulating air um, can be the knuckleballer's best friend. And many knuckleballers are famous for throwing wild pitches. Or having passed balls because the batter doesn't know where the—I mean, the, the the catcher doesn't know where to right. put the mitt nice. as the as the ball moves around. So that is the absence of a spin, also creating movement because we don't have a spin stabilized situation. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more things you thought you knew. T K Y K. Did I get all the letters there? <laughs> T Y K Y K. Things you thought you knew on Star Talk Sports Edition. We'll be right back. If you and your grandma don't speak the same language, it can be hard to express your love for her. McDonald's can help. To celebrate the launch of the new Grandma McFlurry, McDonald's is inviting fans to visit sweetconnections.ai, where you can record a video message for grandma that's translated into her native language. The tech will clone your voice, reanimate your face, and translate your words so that you look like you're speaking another language. Check out sweetconnections.ai, then get a Grandma McFlurry at McDonald's. Available for a limited time at participating McDonald's. Select languages available. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. 
and at Comfort Hotels. You'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Every memorable gift starts with a wondrous story. Giving a gift with energy helps it last just that bit longer. So imagine a story from the high seas where Jefferson's Ocean Bourbon and rye whiskies are aged and transformed by unpredictable and unrelenting elements. They'll taste a journey in every sip, darkened by pounding waves, kissed by ocean breezes and caramelised by equatorial heat. Give the gift of adventure. Give Jefferson's Ocean Bourbon and Jefferson's Ocean Bourbon Rye. Please, sip responsibly. Copyright 2023, Jefferson's Bourbon Company, Crestwood, Kentucky. We're back, Star Talk Sports Edition. Things you thought you knew, or maybe you do know and didn't know enough, or knew when you want to hear it again, or never knew, or never thought you knew, or even cared. <laughs> okay. And now you know the real title. <laughs> that's the full title. That's the full title, people. The full title. That's the full title. So for this segment, I want to talk about lip outs in golf. And, you know, I, I, I see golf. I'm not a golf player. You know, I just always imagine the conversation between a golfer and a baseball player, right? Mm-hmm. And just how that would go by. So the baseball player says, uh, so uh, you want complete silence when you hit the ball? I say, yeah, we need, we need silence. And they say, well, how fast is the ball moving? <laughs> well, yeah. not at all. <laughs> it's stationary. Well, where is it? Oh, it's right between my feet. <laughs> <laughs> and so... And so you need silence? Yeah, that takes concentration. Well, how about you? Oh, well, our ball is moving 90 miles an hour, mm-hmm. thrown by someone who doesn't want me to hit it. And so, so while I, I'm being booed. While, while 50,000 people are screaming at you. So that to me, that's, that, that's a fascinating sort of exchange. That may, I don't know, should we have more of those or fewer of those? I don't know. But uh-huh. what we all know is that certain golf, typically a putt, but... Yeah. Any it can happen on any on any um, shot. The ball will hit the rim of the cup and then spiral around and pop out. Frustrating mm. for the golfer because that's a lost shot right there. It's a stroke off. Yeah. It's, a, it's a stroke off. And say that right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a loss of a loss of a stroke. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. We'll go with drop dropped shot. Shall we? Drop yes. shot. Fine. Yeah. So it's. Uh, so what's interesting about it is it can happen almost no matter how far away you are from the cup. Uh, I've, it's, there's some, there are good videos of compilations of lip outs where some guy was like a couple of feet away and he taps it in, but it lips out. And then it, everyone says, oh, and then he just goes around a little cocky, said, you're going in this time, bop, lips out again. And so he lost two strokes when the ball was, was within two feet of the cup. Huh, and I think so, they call that you suck. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the golfing that's the, term. That's the official. The official golfing See, term. I mean, if anyone's watched Caddyshack the movie, they know it's a gopher in the hole that's pushing the ball. <laughs> the gopher. I forgot the gopher about the, the gopher. 
The Gophers at fault for mm-hmm. all of it. Yes. So so here's what's going on. You you think you're hitting the ball straight, and you are, and so the ball has has what we call linear momentum. So it's momentum in the direction it's headed. Yeah. However, if you do not hit the ball exactly towards the center of the cup, mm-hmm. and it sees the rim of the cup, mm-hmm. it's like you reaching out to like a maypole as you're trying to run by it, grabbing it, and what happens to you? Ooh, you get to swing around. You swing Woo! around. So all of a sudden, your linear momentum... Okay, right. so, uh, what you think is purely linear momentum also manifests as angular momentum around the pole. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that happens. You reach out and grab. So when the ball sees the depression in the cup, that's effectively falling towards the middle of the cup, and it, there, so there's angular momentum there that is getting picked up as it goes around the center. And depending on how fast the ball is moving and how much on the lip it was. It'll either swivel and go in or swivel and pop out again. And so the only way to avoid this on every single shot is hit it directly to the center of the cup. Does it all <laughs> so ball, that's, <laughs> that's all. To the center of the cup and it drops in. Does it matter Problem on solved. how much? Is there a critical mass of the ball that must be below the lip of the cup? Oh, very good point. So, so I'd have to do a calculation on this. Right. But I would say if you got half the mass of the ball below the lip mm-hmm. that it's going in. Yeah. Uh that's and because it's very it's it's very hard to to all of a sudden have a force vector pointing upwards while this is happening. By the way, unless the ball is spinning. Yeah. Okay, depending on which way the ball is spinning, if it's right. spinning, it can actually crawl out if that's the direction the spin is going. That happens in basketball, where you see the ball ring around. Well, that's, it, so in basketball, lip outs are every third shot, right? I mean, when yeah. you think about it. Yeah, it rings around, and then it comes, it gets thrown out. It's actually in the hole. You know, it's in the Well, well I haven't seen it. Find me one where it's half already in the cylinder. Oh, thing. oh God, I yeah. I don't think it, ah, Oh, come on now, ah, yes. I don't think more than half, but definitely it's in the cylinder. Yeah. Up to half. Oh, yeah, oh, I can totally Up be to in half, there. Yeah. But it's touching the side, and depending on the spin, the 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 internal angular momentum the ball had by your mm. shot, that'll right. affect what it's going to do as it kisses the rim. All yes. Right? And so some shooters will give a backspin when they right. hit the back of the rim. So then it, the spin takes it in with that much more vigor. But if you if you have different spins and you hit the rim in the wrong way, it's going to spin in a way you don't want, you're not going to make the shot. So the same is true in golf. And in golf, you know, the spin on the ball matters, right? For so many of those shots, particularly ones that are onto the green, you don't want it to keep moving and rolling off the green. So so many of them have backspin. Take bunker course, shots, Neil. If you, if you found yourself in a sand trap, you've got to get right underneath the ball, flatten the face of the club, and then you impart the backspin on it so as it doesn't overrun on a, on a fast screen and then will spin and drop and then that will be the uh, Exactly. And, and, and golfers are excellent navigators of yeah. subtleties in terrain mm-hmm. so that if you're going to do a backspin, you're going to do it on a... Uh, on the high side. On the high side, so then it rolls back down. So you're going to think this through... All, well, you'll do it even if it goes low, mm-hmm. right? You especially yeah. need it if it goes low because you don't want it to then roll off and go into the into the pond or or into the brush. So uh, all I'm saying is that the only way to avoid it is to send it straight in. So remind and, me again why why when it it looks like it's going to go in, it rises up 
what is elevating that for it to lip out and not lip down? Okay, so, yeah, so what you're saying is it's already partly in the cup. Right. So what's it doing? Mm -hmm. So it has so much momentum, right? The question is, how is that momentum going to manifest? Okay, and so as it comes, so let's say you're going to lip left to right and out. It goes in, so what's actually happening is it's almost like the bank of the track in NASCAR. Oh, Okay, think about that. So, so here I am in a car, and if I'm driving too fast on that bank, okay, I can tell you now, if you drive 300 miles an hour into a bank, I don't think the rubber in the road is going to hold you to the bank. And it looks like, you know, you should just fall into the middle. You're just going to fall in. No, you're going to fly right out, head in the other direction on the other side of the track. Okay, so, so we're imparting that theory into a golf ball as to why it raises or rises out of Correct, correct. Because when you're in a car and you're on a bank, you feel this force sort of pushing you outward, right? Depending on how fast you hit that bank. Mm -hmm. And that, that it's that fact, that's what helps keep you on the track, provided you don't take the turn too fast. So, so all we're saying here is that on that turn, if you have enough momentum, then that momentum will continue to carry. And the fact that the ball was a little bit in won't matter. Because it's it's roll it's 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 seeing the because it by the way it's not in the cup when that happens it's on the part of the grass that that bends in it's on the lip yes. yeah it's on a lip and on that lip it's not a perfect ninety degrees right yeah. it's like it's, it's a, a small tiny little bank. tiny little bank it's a tiny little bank between the grass and the turf and where the cup begins and that's the bank where this thing flies out on now if uh, if only we could get that ball to do what the car on the bank does, which is fly out and then explode in a fiery ball of death. I would watch golf. <laughs> I would watch golf. That would be amazing. All right, Finally. We'll, we'll talk to the authorities on that one. Right? Oh, dear. I can't see this taking off on the golf channel, can you? <laughs> oh, I certainly can. <laughs> Exploding golf? Oh, my God, I'm watching that. Well, we've all seen uh, uh, um, clips of, of practical jokes where the ball is something that explodes on it. Not explodes dangerously, but just pulverizes right. on impact. We've seen that, right? Mm -hmm. you, you make a golf ball out of chalk or something, and but you don't. the yeah. person doesn't know it. You're the one who puts the ball on... Uh, on the ground waiting for them, and then they hit it, and then it's just a puff of smoke. I've seen that. That right there is eminently more entertaining than actual golf. <laughs> do, you, do you get that's, the whistle? That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, that is fine. more entertaining than actual golf. Could we get whisper commentary, though? Oh, oh, oh that'd be so awesome. Uh, just like, mm, he's addressing the ball right now. Uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful day here at Augusta. <laughs> Winds are out of the south, southwest. I see the ball is on the tee. As he approaches the ball, uh, here's the backswing. And... Oh, my God! It exploded! <laughs> what the hell just happened? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sure Chuck's agent is... The phone is ringing off the hook to get yeah. Chuck to comment. Oh, Come on, on that is... That is... Awesome. Exploding <laughs> So if, if any of our audience are listening or watching this and they play golf and they lip out in the future, it's not because you suck. 
It's just because of science. <laughs> science. Right. And, and by the way, of course, the I ball mean, can, can like bounce in and bounce off the bottom of the cup and uh, bounce out. That's not lipping out. The, yeah, but the that's, that's, well, now, now you just, I got to know now, uh, maybe you know or not, let's say the ball does pop in, like it's bouncing, 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 mm. bounces in the cup. And back out, yeah. It's bounces not in the cup. back out. Is that still considered, it touched the bottom of the cup? Yeah. Does is that a shot made, or do you have to then complete put it back? Have in you the sunk? Cup? Have you sunk that? Is that technically a sink, or whatever you call it? That's in. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, because the cup is metal, isn't it? So there's every chance if it, well, it's ten. Yeah, ten cup metal, as cup. they say. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. if if it falls vertically, then there's a chance it can. It vertically could pop, pop back out. Yeah. That's what I'm it saying. It could pop back out. Yeah. If it's a high enough arc on the bounce mm-hmm. and it ends Correct. up falling directly into the cup, hitting the bottom, and then popping back out. Right. Is that now a shot? It, it just needs enough energy to bounce several, even bounce a couple of times we need, to then we pop We need back officials. Out. We need golf officials for our I, I'm yeah. suspecting the ball has to still be in the bottom of the cup when you reach in there to oh, continue. See, That's that what is cold blooded, yeah. man. Yeah. No, just become a better golfer. That's all, Chuck. I, I, I put it in the cup. How much better can I be? I mean, God. You know, that's kind of like if the ball has enough arc where it falls through the basketball hoop, mm-hmm. which is highly unlikely, but then somehow bounces back up through the basketball, you still get the two points. Oh, oh God. So you're talking about it falls through the hoop, through bounces the off the ground and goes back up back through up the hoop. Through the and hoop, you comes still out. get two points. As a matter of fact, they should give you six points. <laughs> but you still okay. get imagine how that high is, you would have to be for, to get the rebound to go back up through the hoop. That is that you would get the two points on that, Chuck. Two or you three points. You get the two points, right? Yeah, so yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, that, no, no, I know, I know. The new rule. If it if it goes backwards through the hoop, it subtracts the points. <laughs> <laughs> That's just wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so 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 our our uh, crack team of uh, behind the scenes researchers has confirmed that a ball that bounces out that counts as a stroke. Okay, that mm. so so you don't get the you don't get this. It's not over. You still got to play that ball. Correct. Correct. Oh, that's terrible. This is why I hate golf. <laughs> this okay. We should rename this reasons why Chuck hates golf. <laughs> Not enough explosions. Number one. Yeah. There you go. Starting with that. That's the Michael Bay reason. Not enough explosions. And not enough chase scenes. Yeah. Right. No chase scenes. And if the ball bounces in the hole, which is the whole point of the game, to put if the ball I in the actually. Hole. If I actually achieve the objective of the game, which is to put the ball in the hole, if the ball comes back out of the hole, then I I I, I have not completed my objective. So all right. So now here's another thing. If you want to, if you want the spin on the ball to help you not get a lip out, if you give a little sort of I don't know if you can do this with a putter, but the, surely there's a way. You give it a slight sort of backspin, very slight. Okay, Mm. so that when it begins to lean into the cup, the backspin takes it down into the cup. Right on. But if you give it front spin, which would normally happen if it's sort of rolling in a normal way, it has front spin as it it goes in. But you can you can disrupt that a little by by subtracting some of that front spin, so the ball is skidding for part of the way. You can do that. All right, but if you give it front spin, then that sucker is just going to want to want to. 
you know, I've, I've seen some lip outs where it's gone twice around the hole uh, before it came out. So, yeah. Okay. I'll break it. You got it. You got it. So, so that's, that's lipping out on the golf course. Now, we've, we, haven't we done other shows about the, the science of golf clubs and things? I think we have. Yeah. We need to do a show called Golf Sucks. <laughs> no, <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> so I think on those other shows, we muffled Chuck. <laughs> no, we muzzled Chuck on those, and, and we, we proceeded. All right, when we come back, let's talk about what role the bank in NASCAR or any racetrack yeah. plays in the success of high-speed turns on StarTalk Sports Edition. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet, which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high-coverage foundation. More popular than soft-launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi. It's more popular than influencers. See you in there. Guess who's a Verizon Fios customer? Okay, it's me. You got me. That's right. And I love Verizon Fios because I love having a fiber optic connection come directly into my home. That's right. It doesn't stop at the street and then regular cable comes in. No, it comes directly into my home. And that gives me the best viewing experience that I could ever have. And now for a limited time, you can stream what you love for less with Verizon. Get one year of Peacock Premium for just $19.99. That's a savings of over 60%. Save on all your favorite shows and movies, from Traders to Love Island to Trolls Band Together to Yellowstone. Start saving on the subscription you love at verizon.com slash plus play. Available through Verizon Plus Play. New Peacock subscriptions only. After one-year promotional period, subscription auto-renews at then-current annual price plus tax unless you cancel. $59.99 until July 17th, 2024. As of July 18th, 2024, the price will increase to $79.99. Additional terms apply. See verizon.com slash plus play for more details. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. We're back. Star Talk Sports Edition. I got Gary and Chuck with me, guys. All hey, right. Yeah. So we came off the last segment. We were talking about lipping out in golf and how the ball can just sort of go along the rim. And it's not the vertical rim. It's the boundary between the turf where it meets the rim. And that's not an exact vertical thing. It's not it's a 90-degree like, angle, is it? It's not, a, not no. where the grass is there and the grass ends. And so it's kind of like a bank. You're basically banking the golf ball. And depending on the speed of the golf ball, it will bank its way out of the hole or fall into the hole, one or the other. Well, in any racetrack that's 
any kind of oval that in that uh, is designed for high speeds, they're going to bank the turn. Mm. And I don't know if you've ever been to a, a NASCAR race. I, I went. To, I was in Daytona once, and I made sure to catch one. And they invited me down to the into the middle, and I it was fun. And and have you ever tried walking up the bank of that track? No, you can't. You 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 you. It's like what? This is a hill with a slope I have never walked up in my life. Okay, and so then you realize, oh my gosh, what angle is it? What, what? Okay, I don't remember the angle, mm. but it's higher than your brain is telling you it should be, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're saying, what's going on here? So we should ask the question, if there were no bank <laughs> and you were a car going into the turn, you are relying entirely on the friction between your tires and the road. Good luck. Tokyo Drift, baby! Okay. <laughs> entirely. So... Are you going to slide out before you yes. make this turn? Okay. Or yes. not? This is what you, this is, okay. And you have to steer to make sure you stay on the track. Always turn towards the skid, people. Remember oh, that. Okay, so mm -hmm. now, but if I put a bank on that turn, then the track is applying a force at you, inward towards you to the center of the arc of the circle, of the arc of the turn. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay? So there's a force pointing inward. And the steeper the track, the greater that force is as you drive along that track. Okay? Luke, so depending on your I'm speed. I'm your turn signal. <laughs> so you can calculate the exact angle of the track based on how fast your car is going and what, what we say is the radius of curvature, how tight is the turn, mm -hmm. you could match those three quantities so that as you drive into the turn, you don't have to steer at all. Mm. But Neil, what speed am I doing for the track to be my magic? Well, it depends well, well, no, on it, the, it, you it, need it, to incline of the bank. You got to know it that. It depends on what the track is and mm, what right. the expected speeds are of the cars. The last time I ran this calculation, it was about 180 miles an hour, something like that, for oh, okay. what I'm describing to take effect. Okay, okay. But so you're, what not, it, you're not you're, you're not you're not going to do it in your Toyota Tercel. Yeah, because what happens in your in, in your Toyota, you don't have enough speed to sustain that, and so the car is going to might fall into the middle so of the you're track. Slide down, slide the bank down as you're trying to go around. It. As you're trying to go around. How many Correct. racing drivers, Neil, do you think are going to say, you know what? I've got it to the speed I need it to be at. I'm going to take my hands off the wheel and let the bank do the rest. Well, so none of them. Yes. But I can tell you this, that if you go higher than that speed, yeah, right, you run the risk of skidding off into the embankments. And you see yes. every race that happens. Go and look that at is why we watch NASCAR. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. So what I'm saying is the cars that mildly lose control, but not enough to be taken out of the race. And they, right. if they slide off, it's on the bank, and they, they slide up and hit the upper thing because they're so trying true. to take the turn too fast. Yes, and, it's, and that is true. That's when you see the car, and the car, like, high sides. The, Correct. The, the car Correct. is straight. 
it's totally straight as it's going around, but then you see it high side, the back comes around. Correct, correct. As because of, okay. That's right, because it is overcoming the, the native force of the tilted track to turn the car. So, ah. so yeah, that's right. So you lose the, 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 the frictional connection between your car and just like the Toyota to sell, that would just sort of slide down inward on the track. So, right. um, so remember yeah. when we sat down with Mario Andretti, Formula One yes. world champion? One of my the... favorite interviews. What I did loved he... That. he came to my, I had Mario Andretti in my Hayden Plantarium office. I people. forgot about that. I, yes, I did. What did he, what did he oh. say about racing? I asked him because yes. I had heard this quote and I wanted confirmed by him. Mm -hmm. He said, Yes, I am responsible for that quote. The quote is. If you are in complete control of your car, you're not in the race. Wow! <laughs> so when the guy, cool. when the when the race when the NASCAR driver comes in at slightly higher speed, he is holding to the Mario Andretti principle. Yes, yes, correct. And by the way, it's not a guarantee that you'll always mm. fly off. You're yeah. just at higher risk of that, okay? Yeah. Depends on you know what your airfoil is doing, your, your spoiler is doing, and what the design of your underbelly of the car is, what the air currents are, because these all change forces operating on your car. So the point is, if you entered the turn at the speed the turn was banked for, yeah. okay, then you do not have to steer the car and the direction of the car will completely change with the track. What this means is, even if you are a little lower or a little higher than that speed, basically, any steering you're doing on the track is to maneuver among the cars, not to actually change the direction you're driving in. This is important because there's an old joke about, about Charlotte, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, where all drivers only know how to turn left. Okay, right, right. <laughs> because that's the headquarters for NASCAR, and so it's, it's so it's a joke about this. But in fact, the track is doing your steering and not you. So it should be Charlotte, North Carolina, where no one knows how to turn at all. <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah, because you're again, you're only turning to maneuver your place maneuver among your the other cars. Oh, right. Wh right. Which, by the way, is a better t test of the driver as you're maneuvering. I think. Right. You shouldn't have to worry mm -hmm. about. Let me change. Uh, turn because the track is turning. Now, of course, in the in the open wheel sports, the mm -hmm. Formula One, yeah. uh, those tend to be on flat tracks. Yeah. And um, they're not normally, so, yeah, they, Neil, they're not always flat. There's hills, there's banks, there's chicanes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, everything. sorry. But they're, yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're in roads. It's, they're road racing, right? I mean, yeah, uh, it's, it's a, so a, much a, of that. It's a track. It's Monaco. Monte Carlo's a road race, but the rest of it is uh, specific. They're tracks. Right. They, and yeah. they have actual turns. Mm -hmm. They're actual turns, correct. Yeah. Where yeah, you're not going right. 200 miles an hour on the turn. You have to slow, really slow yeah, down, really slow down. To, make, to make that turn. Couple other things before we break. The undersides of the cars. Yeah, I okay. see what you did there, by the way. Before we break, <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I caught it. Uh, if you have fast moving air, mm -hmm. there is lower pressure than slow moving air. Okay. And that's the famous experiment you can do with a, a ribbon of paper. Have you ever done this mm. experiment? Uh, if you you can do it at home, just cut a ribbon of paper from a sheet of loose leaf paper, uh, eight and a half by eleven, but make it like two inches across, okay? And it's got to be long and droopy, so it can't be like a postcard or something. And let it droop in front of you and blow above it. And as you blow above it, the moving air has lower pressure than the stationary air below it, and the paper flutters up and ends up horizontal in front of your face. 
And right. so the airflow around the shapes of these cars affects that. Yes. And that also affects the effective weight of the car on the track, which gives you more friction, which is what you want. So, you, a whole so you're, playing, other, you're playing with the mass as opposed to the weight, and you're creating No, no! Ooh, 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 no. Now we got ooh. a whole nother explainer. No, the mass versus weight are two different things. Right. But you, you must can be, are you creating the, a suction? You, yes, you, you, yeah. can, you can create more weight on a car's tires without increasing its mass. mass. That's what I was okay. trying to say by... Okay, yeah. exactly. It's basically putting your thumb on the scale. Yeah. Uh, yes, okay. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's a B You're, plus analogy. We, uh, yeah, we can improve yeah. on that, Chuck. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, like, so it, you know, if you're pressed down on a scale... You're 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 heavier, but right. the truth is you're not. Now, have you ever noticed? Like just a little teaser. You ever notice the spoilers that are on cars? They're flat on the top and curved on the bottom. Curved on the bottom. Mm. You ever notice that? Yes. Okay. That's the opposite of what an airplane wing does. The airplane wing is curved on the top and flat on the bottom, because oh. an airplane wants you to go up as oh. it moves through the air, whereas the spoiler on the back wants the back of the car to press downward with more force and increasing the effective weight of the car without increasing its mass. Very important for car racing. And that's a whole, that's a whole other thing. All right. Nice. That's, a, that's a whole nother Stay nother. tuned. Stay, stay tuned. We'll get there. So, thanks for... Is this our inaugural edition it, of Star Talk Sports? Things you thought you knew? Yeah, I think it's the first time we've shone the Star Talk light through the portal of sport for oh. things you thought you knew. So, yes. Yes, because that's a, a very successful format mm. uh, over on the other side of the house. Yeah. All right, we good here, folks. So, Gary, yes. Chuck, always good to have you there. Pleasure, Neil. Always Thank a you. pleasure. My intrepid trustee co-host, Neil deGrasse Tyson here, your personal astrophysicist, signing out for a Star Talk Sports Edition. Keep looking up. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.